Hello listeners. Welcome to the second episode of the special series Crisis Management Framework for business scenarios like COVID-19. I am Anis Merchant, the chief decoder at Masters Decoded. In continuation of the last week, this week Greg and I would focus on the strategy and execution phase post definition of Northstar as part of Boss Framework. I would highly recommend if you haven't listened to the first episode of Crisis Management Framework series that before you hear the second episode you do take time and listen in to the first episode. Without much further ado, let me get on with it. Hi Greg, welcome back and uh, nice to have you on the second special series episode of uh, Crisis Management for COVID-19. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Again, thank you for having me again. <laughs> no problem. Uh, third time third time is a charm as they say. Uh, so uh, taking from the previous session, uh, we closed on a very high and you gave an amazing example of the restaurant and the entire process breakdown of the roof. Um, and you touched a little bit about the strategy part on how to develop strategy, how to think about strategy uh, during crisis, keeping the North Star in mind, definitely. And even if the North Star is going to be the same or it's going to be pivot with a slight modification, how does strategy play in? Uh, and strategy is, uh, uh, and I'll touch upon the other point, which also can become an inhibitor uh, for strategy as we go through this conversation. But what's your thoughts on strategy? It's a pretty big word with deep meanings. Yeah, that that is actually one of my uh, beefs, if, if you will. Strategy, it could mean 50 different things, right? I mean, people always say, well, we have to have a strategy, this sort of thing, right? Well, strategy is a plan. That's what it yeah. is, right? I mean, f- the fact of the matter is what it should stand for is a plan, right? Mm-hmm. A, a strategic plan means a thought through plan, right? So when I talk about the strategy phase in BOSS, I'm talking about a thought through plan. Now, the thought through part happens in the North Star. And mm. then you take the, the output of the North Star and you put it into a framework that allows you to actually have a real plan. A lot of people think, oh, my strategy is to go after X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to do it this way. And that's a strategy. No, that's not a strategy. That's not a plan, right? A real plan has executable items, right? Both top and bottom line items. What I mean by that is both strategic and tactical items. So. Okay. When, first of all, most, I mean, I, I can say every company that I work with, I, I make them put their business into four functional areas. So I call these FAs, right? Mm-hmm. So you divide the company into four functional areas. And I'll explain why in just a moment. You have product and tech, clearly, right? That's engineering and product. And mm-hmm. then you have sales and marketing. That's sales and marketing. You have shared services. These are any services that are shared amongst everybody. So this is HR, legal, finance, and IT. Okay. And then at the end, you have service delivery. These are the people that handle the customers. Now, mm-hmm. those functional areas, if you divide them into two, so you say sales and tech and service delivery. Service delivery is all about retention, which is a value driver in selling your business. And sales yep. and marketing is all about growth, which is a value driver right? So you have a functional area that has a top line lag indicating value driver. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yes. On the other side of the equation, you have margin. That's shared services and product Mm -hmm. and tech. 
and product and tech then spans across all of them because they aid the ability to get and keep customers. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So those yep. four functional areas divide up and have accountabilities to the value drivers that create the value of the business, the multiples, everything. Okay. Okay. So that's the first thing. Now that you have the four functional areas, you start out with a mission. So a mission is from X to Y by date. So this is, I want to go from something to something and I want to have that done by a certain date. It's time bound is very important. And so the from and X are all in some form of an integer, right? So it could be a number, a percentage, or a dollar amount. So I want to go mm -hmm. from, you know, 500,000 to a million, or I want to go from 20% complete to 100% complete, or I want to go from 10 to 100, right? By a certain date. Now the mission is defined. Does that make sense? Yeah. Underneath the mission, you have your objectives. The mission is owned by the C-suite. The objectives are owned by the middle management. The objectives are now developed by that middle management on orders de developed by the indicators that are in the mission. So now the middle management says, okay, the, the C-suite says, okay, you, I want you to go from this to this by this date. How are you going to get it done? I want you to come up with three to five objectives, key objectives. So that okay. middle management now comes up with three to five objectives that will accomplish that mission. Now, that manager also says, well, what are the key results? What are the tactical, the tactical items that I need to execute in order for those objectives to get completed, right? These are on the street tactical items. So now you have a list of tactical items that accomplish the objective. And if that objective is accomplished, it ladders up and closes out the mission. So mm -hmm. now what you have is you have a list of things. You have a list of people that are accountable to accomplish these things. And all of these things lead to a mission and the mission ultimately leads to progress on the North star. Okay. Now the next step down is you got this big list of stuff. Well, the priority of these things aren't all the same. You have to have a different priority uh, for each thing. So you have to do a prioritization phase. So I developed an algorithm for that. First is the Eisenhower uh, important over urgent. So you have to ask yourself what is important and what is not important and what is urgent. Mm -hmm. Now, important things prevent urgent things from happening. So most of the time, urgent things are an indicator that you missed something. That is some, something went wrong. If, you, if it got to urgent, you missed it, right? Yep. Now, in the case of COVID-19, things are urgent because they T-boned you. So there's an exception to that general way of thinking. So after you now have that, now you have to decide on the next level of prioritization, which is impact over effort. Mm -hmm. What you want are the highest impact items with the lowest effort. Now you've got those two things and you've categorized your mission, your objectives, and your key results based on what is urgent and important, uh, depending on what the situation. COVID, you're going to prioritize urgent first. Uh, Non-COVID, you're going to uh, prioritize important first. And the reason why I say that is because I, I, one of the people I interviewed, I, I have a really cool story about this. One of the folks I interviewed were fire departments. And okay. I live in California, and California has a lot of wildfires. That is correct. And so I said to them, I'm like, hey, you know, this is like, how do you guys deal with this? It's crazy, right? And they said, I'm like, do you try to put out the fire? And they say, no, no, you don't try to put out the fire. If you try to put out the fire, it just chases away from you. 
they said, what we do is we contain the fire. So the important thing as in this example is to create fire lines. The fire line is a dirt patch that prevents the fire from jumping and spreading. Yep. So 25% contained in a square arrangement means that one road, one corner of the square or one line in the square is contained, right? Yep. So what they do is they try to close the fire in and let it burn itself out, right? Because if they try to put it out, it's going to be fire is going to be lighting behind them and the thing never gets away. That's the same thing in business. So when I normally with, if it's not a COVID situation, then you want to make sure you do the important things first to prevent urgent things from happening in the first place. This is hard for a lot of leaders because they sit there and they're trying to put out a fire and there's another one being lit up behind them and they put out a fire and there's another one lit and they never stop to say, let those burn and let me figure out how to prevent this from happening anymore. Right. Yeah. So you want to normally categorize things based on important before urgent because important prevents urgent from happening in COVID urgent happened. So yeah. in that situation, you're going to prioritize urgent ahead of important. Does that make sense? Mm, makes sense. Now you've got your priority, you got your list of things and they call to a North star and you've got your prioritization of those same items. Now the next thing you have to do is divide and conquer. You can't do these things. Everybody has to have a swim lane or you're running into each other and it's super disorganized. So okay. use a RACI model there. Mm -hmm. RACI stands for the R-A-C-I. Yep. Yeah. So you have accountable. So who's accountable? The accountable is the person who owns the mission, which is the C-suite, right? Okay. Who is responsible? The responsible is the people doing the work. So that's your middle management or your executioners right? Depending on the size of your organization. And now you have your responsible. They're doing the work. Consulted. And this ensures that everybody gets collaboration and feedback so that the, the project moves forward with uh, total alignment. And then informed. This, this tells everybody what just happened. Most businesses miss all that. And there's a lot of fighting and there's way too many meetings with people that don't need to be in the meetings. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have everybody. And you don't ever have more than one uh, accountable or never do you have more than one responsible. You can have a bunch of consultants, right? Mm -hmm. These are people that give you the input. So now what you have is you have your North star. This is what I'm going to do, right? That's the target. And now what I have is I have the missions. So this is, this is what success looks like, right? This is, this is how it's going to be. This is how I'm going to determine what success looks like and how I'm going to measure it along the path. And what needs to be done. These are all the list of things that need to be done and what order they need to be done. And that's the priority. And then by whom, and that gives you the delegation piece of it. Now you're okay. ready to execute. So that process allows you to take these ideas, the, the visionary piece of it, the creative piece of it, and move it into a more executable um, uh, process. And that process now also has measurement, which is key. Right. If you're driving from my house to your house and I have a North Star, so I know where I'm yep. going and I know where I am uh, because I know what level of a business I am. And now I have directions. The next question you're going to ask is, you know, OK, how do I actually get started and how much fuel is going to use? The fuel is the measurement. Well, okay. you can say where I am, where am I? Let's say that it's from X to Y by date. Right. So mm -hmm. I say. Okay, let's say it's three months out. So that means I should be, you know, 33% uh, to complete in the first month, right? 
mm. but I'm 20% to complete the first month. Now I already know I have what's called a PKR, a priority key result, something that moves to the front of the line and becomes urgent. You don't want to talk yeah. about urgent for it. Yeah. So it, it, the prioritization changes so that you're moving this line of things forward based on the dates they're supposed to be done. And that measures where you are. So now in that GPS, I know exactly what time I'm going to arrive. I know if I'm going to be late. I can tell everybody if I'm going to be late. I may take a different route, so on and so forth. It may take more money, whatever it is. And now you've got a logical functioning corporate uh, you know, business that is predictable. And the end of the line here is predictability. I mean, you know, the okay. ability to predict where you're going, when you're going to get there, all that stuff is the key. To, to being successful with a business. And that allows you to do that. And now you just got to get into execution. Sure. And that's where the, mubber, where the rubber meets the road, right? That's where you actually have to roll up your sleeves and start hitting the keyboard. So at that point, you know, now that you have an order, you can say, okay, I know what I need to do because it's been delegated to me. And I know what's expected because I have uh, from X to Y by date on the mission, on the, on the uh, objective and on the key results. So I have that down. Okay. So what's the next step now? I need to start executing. This is where uh, I created the execution stage as its own stage. And the reason why I did that is because I found that it was really easy for somebody to say, I'm going to lose 25 pounds. And how are you going to do that? I'm going to do diet and exercise. And how are you going to do diet and exercise? Well, on the diet side, I'm not going to eat sugar and carbs and steak and stuff like that. And on the exercise side, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to walk every day. And that part was real easy for people to do. But when it came to waking up in the morning and actually taking the walk, or when it came to going out to I dinner, did. and yeah, right, you, you just slide right off, right? So execution is key. Everything can fall apart at the execution stage. Before we get into the execution piece, um, there's a famous saying, and every day I hear that, that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Yeah. And you, you spoke a lot about strategy, but in the, the biggest part or the hindrance in the strategy implementation or the execution is actually people. And yeah. so it's not the people, it's the culture of the organization or the setup they are trying to enhance or pivot. And that's where in the current scenario, you do see a lot of companies who are not able to come out of that fog of war is because that culture is inhibiting them to do that. So what's your perspective on that? Well, that's why that's the way the execution strategy was built is has a lot to do with, uh, you know, candidly speaking with peer pressure. Human yeah. beings don't want to let other human beings down. It's just part mm -hmm. of us, right? And we sure as hell don't want to be seen as the slacker. We don't want to be seen as the anchor holding everything back. That's just, nobody wants to be seen that way. And it highlights those people and you want to get rid of those people anyway. So this process allows those people to surface so that you can see them in an organization when you have a lot of people, right? So that okay. you end up with a really, really good team. So what I do with that is first of all, there's a, a sprint and a sprint is the, the list of items that that team is set to, to execute on that week, right? Okay. It could be that month. It could be that whatever your sprint period is. But let's say it's for that week. So now you have your sprint. And every morning you have a scrum meeting. So you, you get up and we do it every day, even with my companies, every single day. You get up in the morning and everybody gets on the phone and they say, okay, what did you do yesterday? What are you doing today? And is there anybody on the phone that's blocking you or can help you, right? 
And everybody says, well, yesterday I did da-da-da-da-da. Today I did da-da-da-da-da, or I'm going to do da-da-da-da. And I have John's blocking me because I'm waiting for a contract. And John says, mm-hmm. hey, man, I'm on that. I'll get it done today. I guarantee mm-hmm. you tomorrow, John doesn't say again, I didn't get the contract done, right? He doesn't want yes. to be that guy. So now you've got that. Every night, people write a daily email. The daily email is the same outline as what this ends the scrum. And that's what you talk mm-hmm. about the next morning in the scrum. So you write a letter and it says, you write an email and it says, this is what I'm doing. Um, this is how uh, uh, close I am to complete. So percentage to complete. Um, this is uh, what I did today. This is what I'm doing tomorrow. These are my blockers. And then the next morning, people just look at everybody's email. And then that's the format for that meeting. It should take about uh, 15 minutes. And that creates the burn down, right? Which is just mm-hmm. basically if you had a list and you start to burn down the list, it gets smaller and smaller. And that shows up in the MOCAM, which is the stands for Mission Objective Key Results and Measures. That's the thing we went through in the standardization, or sorry, the strategy phase. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the execution phase. It's actually very simple, but it's this. You know, I had thought about many times, like, do I really need it? And then I thought, you know what? You actually do need it. Um, in 25 years of working with business, I was like. You need it, and not only that, it has to be its own stage in boss because it's it's that important that it needs to have a spotlight on it. Because not doing execution is can is 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 ultimately faulty. It's like driving around with a loose lug nut on your rim, right? Eventually, yep. it's going to fall off. So, so when I look at execution, and it's very impressive, it's almost like an agile and speed to market and speed to business kind of thinking mm-hmm. where you have to move quickly versus North Star, which is the North Star, like it's the the goalpost which you're trying to aim for, which requires companies to also be marathon runners. If I have to kind of draw the analogy, you have sprinters and you have North Star. So mm-hmm. how do you balance that? How do you ensure that the execution strategy align to the North Star and you don't, because in as you get into the execution, you can move in different directions and miss the North Star or get redirected from North Star. How, how, how do you see that? That's what, the, that's what the, the strategy phase is for. So the strategy okay. phase, if you were to have a spreadsheet, right, and you were to have four tabs, one for each functional area, and the first, the first, the top of the, of the sheet would say the mission, and then it would mm-hmm. say from X to Y by date. Underneath that would be three to five objectives, and underneath those would be three to five key results. The next row over would be prioritization. The next row after that would be the uh, the racy, and okay. now you have that stuff down. Then you put in, uh, all right, who's doing what? That's the racy, and now that's what you execute on. And because that derived out of the north star, it keeps you on track. So okay. I use this analogy a lot. If you're trying to cross the ocean and you're one degree off, you're going to end up in a whole nother continent. And to your point, running a marathon is a long way and you can get lost very easily, but they have markers along the marathon to tell you where you are and where you're supposed to be going. And that's what that uh, strategy phase does, right? You're executing on a strategy that's already tied to the destination. That's a beautiful uh, analogy, Uh, strategy being as a marker. But have you seen strategy changing uh, as companies go through the execution? Yeah, it can change, but it's okay. it's it's very it's very rare 
if they think through the strategy in the first place, you know, like, you know, you have to realize that when you put something like this in place, this is like a machine. I mean, this thing goes, it's like a locomotive, right? It is a very positive thing about boss is that once you get it, it's, it's hard to get going like a train, you know, it's hard to get, once it gets going, it can pull a lot of weight a long way with using very little resources, but it's hard to stop. So mm. if you, uh, you have to think about it, you know, you have to think about, it. I'm turning on a train here. I'm going to go from here to there. I want to make sure that that's actually where I want to go. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible to stop. You can stop a train in relatively short order, but it's easier to change tracks, right? So you're going down the train, you're going to stop it completely. That's a different story than just switching tracks. You might slow down while you switch tracks, but you can keep going in the general direction. You know, so that's why I say the North Star, it's rare that people actually change the North Star because really what it's all about and when you look at the North Star is the customer that you're selling to and that customer being the right customer for the person that's buying your company, right? And there are two types of businesses, those businesses that take advantage of an opportunity, make money, right? And that's a bull market business. And then you have businesses that save money and they solve a problem and that's a bear market business. So like in my portfolio, when COVID happened, we had to basically change the narrative, but not change the business. So we, our business was focused on, this is a particular business was focused on, you know, selling this software because the software was going to enable its users to make more money. When COVID okay. happened, we, we changed the strategy to say, hey, you should buy this software because you can turn off this other software and save money. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? So the narrative yep. change, that's just a change on the tracks. It's not a complete okay. full stop, right? And we mm -hmm. did that through the crisis management because we realized the customer's disposition. You know, in a bear market, customers are, you know, they want to save money. They're not thinking about making money because they don't see anybody making money, right? Yeah. They want to save money. They're like, how do I hold on and fight through this? It's like sitting through a storm, right? Yeah. You don't want to get a big jacket so you can run out in the storm. You want to go hide in a bunker, you know? Yep. So the way that you uh, determine your narrative changes substantially. And in this case, that's how we changed the narrative. But the boss system still worked and the North Star was still there. Didn't change. You know, mm -hmm. it just how we dealt with it changed. The narrative that we use changed and so on. So you spoke about the storm. So there are now in the current COVID scenario, there's a lot of external factors and every day is a new day. It's not like what happened yesterday is repeating today, whether it's political, social, external, human, economical, a lot of factors are just evolving at a much rapid pace. How do you see uh, execution in that specific scenario? Evolving? I think that... Well, I mean, in some ways, it's easier. Uh, and this is a really, really good time. In other ways, it's more difficult. Let me explain to you this. Whenever something like this happens, those that are hanging on by a thin thread will fall away. And those that have strong footing will stay around. Same thing like a storm, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when that happens, it actually eliminates competition and allows allows opening so imagine a forest is burning mm -hmm. and the trees burn but the seeds don't in fact yeah. the seeds 
uh, the, the ash from the fire feeds the seeds and then the seeds use it as fertilizer and then they grow much more rapidly because there aren't other trees shadowing their growth. So in COVID-19, you can see that those restaurants and, and different places around there that are closing are those folks are going to go out of business, but those people that picked up Uber Eats and Grubhub and drive-by pickups and, you know, did everything in their way to try to stay in business, those people are going to succeed. And actually they're going to do much better because there's less restaurant competition. So, you know, open your eyes, right. And think to yourself, wow, if everybody else is shut down, maybe I should open, just do it in a different way. Maybe I should do something that nobody else is doing. There's a Chinese restaurant in New York city and they had like a hundred stores and all everybody else is shut down. And these guys right away cleared out all the tables in their restaurant except for a line of tables that go across the middle of the restaurant for people to pick up their orders. They separated them by six feet and they put a piece of plastic between them. And then they said out front, they said, Hey, we're open, come in, you know, order. You can order in store. You can order on your app or you can order through Grubhub. And they set up a whole station for those, uh, you know, driver pickups like the Grubhub or Uber eats or whatever. And uh, these guys are killing it. They're killing it. In fact, you know, the, the guy said he's growing. And I'm like, why are you growing? And he's like, this is a perfect time to grow. Nobody else is. Wow. Rate, rents are down. You know, everybody is like, excited. everybody's rolled up in their caves. And, you know, this guy's coming along saying, hey, I'll rent your store. Nobody else wants to rent it right now. And they're not too, going to for a while. And this guy's proven that he can make money even in this situation. This is a perfect time to open a store. He just pivoted right? He just understood his customer and what that customer wants. Those needs have changed, right? His why changed. His why changed, but his North Star didn't change. That's interesting. On that note, uh, and the beautiful restaurant, you made me hungry. So I think we'll have to take the second, <laughs> second part, uh, the third part of our uh, session on standardization as part of the part three of this uh, COVID-19 crisis management process. And till now, I have personally learned a lot and I'm sure the listeners listening to it would be taking down notes and will be applying many of these steps and recommendations which you have shared. So thanks for that, Craig. And I hope to see you in the, the third part pretty soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening in. And we close yet another episode of Masters Decoded. If you've enjoyed the episode, please, you can help us out by sharing it on social media. I would personally appreciate that. It's how we can reach more listeners. And the more listeners we have, the more awesome guests I can get in touch and convince to participate in these conversations. That are a joy to have for me. And I hope they are a joy for you to listen as well. You can also help a lot leaving reviews on iTunes or your podcast service of choice. Reviews are surprisingly helpful in supporting the podcast to get to more listeners. If this episode has intrigued you, I would request you to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date and get notified to the future episodes. With that, I bid you and see you in the next episode.